Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the number one motorcycle podcast in the Philippines. Pasig ng Brad. Mutang sa Pasig eh. Metro walk lang tayo, man. So, this will be our... Ride PH Cafe special of um, Tune in a Rider. Yes, what a wonderful looking cafe it is. As a matter of fact, this uh, these wonderful <laughs> white walls, mirror, uh, it's yeah, fluorescent lighting. The yeah. men's restroom the, uh, door right. We're recording you. inside yes. the comfort room. Wall <laughs> mirror. Oh, it's this. This is art. Yes, it is. It's very nice. Performance art. Yeah. So yep. we're here um, with uh, Mr. Mark Nelson. Really? Where is he? <laughs> I can't see him. I'm a fan. MSR. Wait, wait, wait. You have to uh, speak in English. Ah, English, but I am. Because if you don't speak in English, no bleed at all. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> Especially for Buck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Mark, Mark's been a writer. Uh, he is a TV personality. He is also an advocate for the environment. Yes. And we're going to kind of delve into what brought him into writing, how that kind of impacts his life, and uh, yeah, what, what his dream bikes are. Ooh. Electric bike. Actually, Must actually, be. yeah. Well, yeah. well, we spoiled it. We spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark is like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. <laughs> I actually, did actually look into those uh, at, uh, at a couple of points. Yeah, actually, electric bikes are solar powered. They're the future. So, as always, mm-hmm. uh, I'm Iba Bernardo. We're here with I'm Jolly Alarcon and Bakpago speaking in English. Tunay, real the riders, real, <laughs> real, real riders, real the riders. Dum dum dum. And uh, as mentioned, I'm Mark Nelson. All right, so Mark, what got you into riding? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, as a as a kid growing up in Australia, a couple of my friends in high school had motorbikes, and I thought, oh man, those are the coolest things ever. But I was a little scared of them. Um, and then uh, traveling around the world, you know, every now and again, just like you know, here in the Philippines. You know, you go off to an island and you can rent a scooter. And I remember my very first time on a uh, uh, actually riding a manual motorbike. Um, I was on vacation uh, passing through the Philippines and uh, I was in Bohol. Okay, and, beautiful uh, place to ride. Beautiful place to ride. And the, the, um, everybody, the locals there, they know how to treat riders. They're very, you know, they give you space because they know that you're probably a tourist and they, they take care of you on the road. Well, they, uh, they, uh, 
the, the people renting the motorbike took care of me insofar as asking, oh, do you know how to ride a motorbike? <laughs> and I'm like, I just faked it. I was like, I have no idea how to ride a motorbike. How hard can it be, right? <laughs> um, uh, I'd, ridden a, I'd ridden a Vespa before uh, in, uh, in Zanzibar in East Africa, and I'd managed to crash that at the time. Um, so I rented a, a, a dirt bike, and they're like, oh, do you know how to ride a bike? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a bike at home. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Because, of course, I wanted to rent this bike with my buddy. So my buddy takes his bike and goes up the hill and, and over the ridge. And uh, I get on mine. I start it. And I'm like, all right, bye, guys. And then I take off on this bike. I get up over the hill. And I don't know what the I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I ran. As soon as I was out of sight, I ran straight into a bush. <laughs> you, no, you're okay, a bushmaster. So, I was a bushmaster. So, um, so for all those people out there riding, please do not do what I did. Don't try and fake it till you make it. Actually, please, please, please get lessons. Um, <laughs> lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. So I was a little bit more careful. I got the basics from it then. And uh, when I did eventually, uh, since then I had you know uh, a scooter. And then when I decided that I wanted to ride a bike, um, I did the right thing and I got lessons. And um, our last guest was, uh, well, actually, no, the guest before that was Coach Mel. Oh, my God, Mel. Yeah, I've taken lessons with Mel. He's an awesome teacher. He is fantastic. We, uh, we um, rode in the uh, Himalayas uh, with Coloco Experience a couple of years ago. And even though I already knew how to ride and I was riding for like a year or so, I wanted to get that extra level of experience. So I did uh, a few days with Mel. Wait, 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 wait. Can we rewind? Yeah. After riding regularly for a year, yeah, you then decided, "Hey, I will ride in the Himalayas." Yes, in fact, it was. Uh, <laughs> I think hindsight. it was exactly one year. It was August. August. Yeah, I started. Uh, I think I bought my first actual manual motorbike, uh, which was a uh, Kawasaki Rouser 220cc setup. You know, with knobby tires and you know, kind of scrambler-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, rode that for. A year and then went to the Himalayas. Okay. That's yeah. what you do, right? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You just told people that, all right, don't fake it till you, and, until you make it. Yeah. Get lessons, build up the capability. Absolutely. Because you just hop on the bike and then you ran into a bush. Yes, exactly. So I'm saying don't hop on the bike and run into a bush. But after a year, go on this incredible adventure. Yes. To the Himalayas. If if you are um, if you're gaining as much experience as you can along the way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, you're riding and you're taking lessons. I mean, a, f- uh, a few days with uh, with Mel uh, teaches you a lot, and a lot of the stuff that uh, we learned there, we actually put very much put into practice in the Himalayas. Um, and I wouldn't recommend anyone going to the Himalayas without doing some trail riding courses, even though there is a lot of tarmac road up there. Um, there is some slippery stuff. There's sand, there's dirt, there's river crossings, there's, you know, rock and, uh, uh, gravel. So, um, I'm all about learning as many skills as possible. My next thing is I want to try getting on the track and learning some skills there. I don't ever plan to race, but every skill you learn that makes you a better rider is a plus. Exactly. All right. All right. So you did spend a lot of, you did, um, Trained with Coach Mel. Yeah, I trained with Coach Mel. I did, of course, like everyone else, I did the uh, the Honda Safety School first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and then with Mel, and then just rode as often as I possibly could, and talked to people, and watched YouTube, and yeah, um, it's 
writing is like anything. It's it's not necessarily a time frame. It's the actual experience that you fit into that time frame. If you've been writing for five years, but you write only write on Sundays, it's different to writing every day for a year. That's yeah. true. That's it's like, true. It's like um, you have one year experience times five. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, yeah. So uh, how many years have you been riding now? Now I think it's uh, three years, maybe. So not that long. I mean, this is when I talk about riding. I mean, I'm talking about a manual motorbike. I I bought my first scooter, uh, which was a Sim Shark uh, 150 cc, in I think 2002 or 2003. And when I was living in Makati, I would ride that around everywhere. So, I mean, you know, you get used to riding in traffic and, and everything. Uh, okay, so when you say riding for a year, you're talking about riding a big bike. But you've been riding, riding a, yeah, two scooters, wheels yeah. for more than a yes. decade. But, I mean, similarly, when I got my scooter, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, learn how to weave in and out. And uh, the parking of my apartment was a very, very steep uh, sort of parking to get out onto the road. And within like two days of having my scooter, you know, like there was a car in front of me going up. And I was like, I was following it up, and then all of a sudden, it just stopped at the top. <laughs> and I, of course, I dropped my scooter. Like that, that, that's happened to me multiple times in my condo parking, like big bike, small bike. Sometimes, because you know, when you get home, you're not, you're like on autopilot, right? And then all of a sudden, something happens. And you're like, oh, I was not ready for that. Exactly. But you see, I'm okay making little mistakes like this because, in just like in life. Um, the small mistakes are the ones that uh, you learn from so that you don't make the big mistakes. Correct, correct. Life lessons with Mark Nelson. <laughs> make mistakes a lot. No, yeah, um, make mistakes because, yeah, you definitely learn from them. And, and you're lucky that those mistakes... Um, you, you have know, to learn from, their, from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's actually been studies out there saying that if you don't... Pain is the best teacher. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Oh, having, having an accent on the bike is like the biggest teacher ever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, that's how you retain information. Exactly. Uh, it's not necessarily pain, but it is stress. Yes. Um, as opposed to if you're just chill, you're watching YouTube and you're like, okay, so that's how you uh, break on gravel. Yeah. If you're in the field, you're breaking wrong, and then you fall. You're like, oh, so that's how not to break on gravel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, if, that's that's like the best place to learn how not to break on gravel. Instead, if you're in traffic, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. with gravel, <laughs> I hate gravel. Gravel and fine sand on tarmac terrify me. Yeah. <laughs> so, what got you into? Oh, sorry. So yeah, going, yeah. So going back, going back to, uh, to, going the going back to your original question. Um, sorry about that uh, fifteen-minute uh, divert. <laughs> um, Five minutes. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, partly. Partly traffic. Traffic was just absolute crap. And I remember I needed to get to a meeting once. And uh, I was in the car with my driver. And there was no way I was going to make it on time. So I literally just told him to drop me off. I jumped out of the car. And there was a uh, hubble hubble and, <laughs> uh, on the side street. So I just jumped on the hubble hubble. And I got from Tagig to Magadi in 10 minutes instead of like the Waze was saying like 45 minutes. So I was like, wow, okay, no. Bikes, this is really the way to go. Yep, yep. Long live uh, Habal Habal. Yeah. Actually, funny you should mention Habal Habal. Um, yeah. Mr. Buck Pago here knows a very good trivia Trivia. Oh. about how, oh, what, yeah. what does Habal Habal mean? The literal meaning of Habal Habal. Uh, what is the literal it meaning means, of Habal? 
Iyut iyut. Oh no shit. It means people yes. having sex. Really? But yeah. It's uh, only applicable with animals. Animals it's, having sex. Well, technically humans are animals. We're all animals. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, no. I mean, a, it's a Visayan Yeah, so the etymology. Uh, I know what iyot means, right? Okay. So how does iyot go to habal? When you ride the motorcycle and it's like you tend to... Four of you jammed uh, in a bike. Overload it with four people. Yeah, yeah. It looks like an animal having an orgy. I've never seen animals <laughs> having orgies. <laughs> okay. Four at a time on a so motorcycle. So that's where the term habal habal came from. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> I did... <laughs> For listeners, friends, I... <laughs> I would like to believe this, <laughs> but please validate any kind of information that's being shared on this podcast. My, my source is from a journalist in Cebu. Ah, okay. Uh, my source. My source. Yeah, my source. Uh, but walang name. Mayro name. <laughs> Period. Yeah, just, just Period. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you got a name. So you got, got on so, a habal. Oh yeah. Habal. So got on and uh, and then I realized I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, this is really the way to beat traffic. I've always admired motorbikes the beauty of them um and uh i was like yeah I'd, l- i'd love to get into bikes you know some of my friends were getting into bikes you know uh uh paulo abrera yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and you know I'd, i'd see some of his posts on on his bike and, and a beautiful uh uh old honda cb that he rebuilt uh and i was like wow that is that's an amazing looking piece of art uh and uh i thought okay i think it's time i got one and uh, i was looking around and i was looking for the right bike And I couldn't quite find it at the price that I, I could rationalize. And so I, then I found this, uh, the Rouser, mm-hmm. and it was at a good price and struck a good deal. So I was like, okay, well, I'll start with this. I'll start with this. It's 220 cc's. I'll get the hang of it. And that's something I would recommend for people too. Don't start with anything too big and too yep, powerful. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, start small, get the hang of it, learn how to ride it properly, learn how to deal with traffic, learn how things, you know, how things move. They bank, they turn, they brake. Uh, it's very, very different from driving a car. Um, so I learned uh, with that, and then I was like, okay, but now I, now I need something for a highway riding. So you know, what should I get? CC, which is a ridiculous law, uh, in the sense that a 220 cc bike, yeah, should be. But I mean, to you to do the highway anyway, like yeah, in, just for commuting purposes, right? Yeah. In traffic, it should be allowed. I understand some of the theory behind it as far as the weight, like, you know, if a truck flies past you or if it's really, really windy, if you've got a light bike, it can feel more unsteady. So I, uh, I understand a bit of it, but yeah, at the time I was like, damn it, I want to be able to take my 220 yep, uh, yep. Um, uh, on, uh, on S-Legs or something. So I looked for a bigger bike. So I ended up buying a, um, the Motostar Cafe 400, which Jolly has now worked on, um, And whilst I was having that uh, modified, um, then I found a, uh, a Honda CB400, which was which had been my dream bike uh, at the time. So I ended up getting that. So within the space of a year, I ended up with three bikes. <laughs> okay, That's, and all of these bikes, hmm. you've you've <laughs> put a Mark Nelson touch to it. Yes, they've all been modified um, uh, here and there. Uh, so the 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 Rouser was. Scrambler-ish. Um, the Cafe 400 ended up being Scrambler-ish. <laughs> um, the uh, the CB400 was a Cafe racer. 
and then after we came back from the Himalayas where we rode uh, Royal Enfield Himalayans, I fell in love with that bike. And uh, that's the first bike that I bought new when I came back. I was like, okay, this this bike can go anywhere, do anything. So, boom, I got one of those. Incredible value. It was, what, yeah. like 200? 272,000, I think, brand new. For a 400cc bike. Yeah, and it's, a, it's an awesome it's a dual sport bike, so it goes anywhere. It also. really <laughs> goes anywhere. It's not built for speed. If you're on a highway, it's going to kind of tops out at 120. But it will go anywhere, do anything. It's great for traffic as well. Once you get the hang of it, you can filter with it and, and the whole but lot. Does that have ABS? No. 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 The new no. ones do, though. I th- um, no, the, the new yeah. ones have EFI, but, yes. not ABS. but not ABS yet. Yeah. For me, that's the only thing missing on that bike. Yes. Uh, for a new bike, a new newbie rider, that for me is the killer function that they should add in the but next But it's a ones. dual sport bike. But you can turn off. I mean, all dual sport bikes now have ABS. You can just turn it off. You can deactivate it. That's everything. Yeah, yeah. I remember the KTM's. You have you have to pull a fuse to to to. to no, no, the, 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 the nine. Oh, the, the nine ninety you've got. You can turn off the ABS. On yeah, that. but but the nine ninety is like a premium bike already. It's like but a. I think ABS should be a standard on any bike nowadays. Yeah, yeah. it should be. But I guess it comes down to price point. Price. They're, they're trying to become so yeah. um, marketable. It's like, okay, it's 272000 without it ABS. Becomes 300. It becomes 300 plus Oops. with ABS. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, ah, well, I don't and know. That jump to 300 is a big yeah, jump. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. a noticeable jump. Um, uh, but I now finally, actually, I did the, uh, the DRE, the Ducati riding experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, doing the high-speed braking with ABS, uh, because none of my bikes had ABS, I realized I was like, oh, Hey, you know what? This ABS thing is actually kind of cool, because um, <laughs> I'd never ridden a bike with ABS before that. Uh, I'd never needed to do a like a brake at speed with a bike without ABS. I'd break, I you know needed to brake at speed without ABS, mm-hmm. but uh, so I could feel the difference. And after that, I was like, okay, maybe this is the way I justify getting a new bike. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if there is any reason. Getting ABS yes. is a great reason to get into So, I mean, now, like, three years on and the writing that I do uh, and the, the joy I, I experience when, uh, you know, when I ride with friends and, you know, maybe a little bit quicker than what I could do on my old, my original rouser. Um, oh, wait, hold I, on. Time out. I have one hand. I, I, all right we we just got interrupted by one of the sexiest coffee uh delivery coffee girls coffee girls i've ever seen Uh, gino ruffino with his glistening head and his mini skirt damn that sexy (laughs) um uh oh yeah so yeah with the writing i do now i realize that yeah maybe uh uh i need a more modern bike with that has abs and uh, I've always been in love with the Yamaha XSR, even like years before it even was available here, the XSR 700. Um, and so when it finally came out, I'm like, awesome. Maybe this is it. This is the excuse I need to get so one. So when are you going to pull the trigger? I already did. Oh, you did? Eba, <laughs> <laughs> when Mark left me, when Mark left his cafe for 100 at my, my house, he was like, oh, I'm going to. Take an and cast to Y zone. Why? I'm gonna get an SSR 700. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so okay, G- Gino. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Gina, take my No, because we, we went on a ride to Marilake that morning. And then the night before, he goes, oh, I'm going to borrow the uh, CB650 yeah. to find out if, if I want to buy it. Or in, to choose. Yeah, yeah. XSR 700 or the CB650. Yeah, the CB650R was the only other possible yeah. option I was looking at. Uh, yeah, because I because I I loved my C uh, my CB four hundred, so I was like, okay, well, this is you know like the newer, bigger version, so maybe I'll like it just as much. So I needed to make sure. Go. And as soon as we got to the location that we were ten cents in Marilake, in Marilake, he was trying to call Yamaha to reserve. <laughs> <laughs> it was that short. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even uh, going down yeah. or voila. It was literally uh, we got there and then he was on his phone and I'm like, what are you trying to do? He's like, I'm trying to reserve the XSR seven hundred. Actually, that was like. I think it was a Sunday when he yeah you rode to Marilake. Oh no 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 was it, no it was like a Thursday or a Friday Thursday. it was a weekday. You rode here. You guys rode to Marilake, right? Yeah. With a CB six fifty. It's like yeah. Mark was like, wait wait wait. So in at, during the morning you rode on a CB six fifty. No no in the morning I took the Cafe four hundred. Yeah yeah yeah. When he left in Europe your place. Yeah yeah. So, so he rode the CB six fifty in the morning. Yeah. Left his Cafe four hundred at my place. Yep. Then rode an Ancas to Y zone. Yep. And rode. Back home on the XSR seven hundred. That's a lot of bike. <laughs> For a day, that's a lot of bikes in, in four bikes in a day. day. <laughs> All right, we've already, uh, without a doubt, come to the conclusion that Mark Nelson is officially tuning a rider. That's that's that that story. No, nope, no need to for <laughs> any more questions. The guy rode four bikes in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you guys do that? <laughs> But the other thing that uh, is kind of integral to what we're to, to you yeah. is how much you care for the environment. And I remember yes. we, one of our first rides, right, Gino? Uh, you guys kind of broke away and ended up in like an animal shelter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so we, we visited that. It's, uh, it belongs to a, a friend and neighbor of mine, uh, Doc Nielsen Donato. He's uh, got a show, uh, Born to be Wild. And I actually, I love turtles. Um, so I had, uh, I'd been gifted a couple of turtles many, many years ago um, uh, as pets. By who? By who? By who? Uh, <laughs> by two separate girls. <laughs> Gino, I don't know if you want to go down that road. Yes. <laughs> I was given the, the first turtle by an ex-girlfriend back in like, uh, like 2002. And then another girl I was dating uh, a few years later gave me another turtle. Um, so, how many turtles do you have? <laughs> Only two. Oh, Only two. I think uh, Jolly might give you a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that kind of turtle. Um, but uh, so I. Uh, <laughs> um, wait, what kind of show is this again? <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, the, the turtles were starting to get a little bit too big for their, their ginormous tank. So I thought, to be fair to them, uh, we should give them a better life. And I asked my, uh, my neighbor if uh, he had a solution. And he said, well, I have this, uh, this wildlife refuge um, uh, rescue center. And like when uh, animals, uh, exotic animals are rescued by the DNR, he's a registered uh, rescue center. So they go to him. And he had a big pond that wasn't being used. And he's like, oh, it's perfect for the turtles. I can put some other turtles in there. So uh, basically, when we did our ride together, um, I wanted to go down and visit them. I, you know, I hadn't been there since I dropped them off. And so, yeah, we went down and visited them and checked out uh, the snakes, uh, the snakes the and, the, and the birds and the crocodiles and the turtles and the tortoises Wait. and the bearcats and yeah. The, yeah, everything. 
Yeah, but but Mark loves animals so much. I mean, you should see all the pussy he brings home. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. like a different pussy every night. There are a lot of pussies on the road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you he just picks them up. Sometimes before in a car and now he just makes them you know puts them in there in, on his bike and brings them home so and he has a new pussy every night i rescue pussy okay <laughs> that's a nice way of putting snakes, it snakes birds uh, turtles, turtles and, and pussies. pussies yes um yeah so i've got uh, i've got a few uh rescue cats uh at ah. home <laughs> why what were you thinking <laughs> I don't know the way Gino put it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm wholesome. I know exactly what he meant. What were you thinking? <laughs> so on, on, on that note, how how do you kind of balance or riding motorcycles with like saving the environment? And well, on, I mean, a motorcycle obviously loses uses a lot less gas than a vehicle. Um, and uh, it's and also you're getting somewhere faster, so you're it's less time stuck in traffic, burning fuel that doesn't need to be burnt. Um, uh, it causes a little bit of discomfort, uh, but uh, especially when you're one person, quite often it's, you're only one person in the car, right? You're using up this this big car with you know a giant you know three liter engine and uh, and just burning through gas, sitting in traffic for hours, um, polluting the environment. When you could jump on a bike be there in a quarter of the time using, you know, like a tenth of the gas. Uh, so even if it's like a 1200 CC bike, you're still better off than, yeah, you're still a, better, off, better off than Vios. being in an SUV. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, a Vios is a what? One, 1.1, 1.2. One, yeah. You're still better than being in a Vios. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as, as, uh, Buck was mentioning earlier, I mean, uh, electric bikes, and this is something that I looked at for a while when I was looking at, uh, when I was looking at upgrading bikes, I know there's uh, um, a local group uh, called uh, Apocalypse that are basically modifying normal bikes and turning them electric. Yeah, uh, I've seen them. They're yeah. retro bikes and yeah, cars. They, uh, also, right? they're doing. No, I don't think they do cars. I think they only do bikes. Mm. I'm pretty sure they only do bikes. But they do. They convert it to electric. Yeah, they convert it to electric. Even even like dirt bikes. Um, I think uh, they entered one in like the Lahar Challenge as well. Um, they've got pretty good range. It's just they take out the engine, just fill it with batteries. Um, uh, and then I know that uh, there's uh, at some of the uh, the bike shows, you know, you've got people bringing in some beautiful looking electric bikes. And the argument has always been with electric vehicles, whether it be bikes or cars, has been, well, yeah, but if you're, uh, if your electricity is coming from a coal-fired plant, then or is it really one. better yeah. for you? I personally have solar panels at home. So if I'm charging an electric vehicle during the day... It's completely renewable. It's renewable. So, I think that's a problem. We, we were, I was doing a study on um, the feasibility, feasibility of um, electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, like 80% of our power in the Philippines come from diesel or coal. Sadly. Yeah, so having electric cars here is like a... It's, a, it's, not, it's not for the environment. <laughs> Yeah, unless you've got a bunch of solar panels on your on the roof of your and house, you're which charging will help. It from, and you're charging it from home. Yes, and you're charging it from home. Um, I mean, realistically, the the range on uh, a lot of these uh, electric vehicles is uh, well for the bikes. Uh, you know, maybe it's it's 150 k's on the on the Teslas and everything, depending on which battery 
uh, you get, you know, you're looking at uh, 200 to, I think it's like just under 400 uh, kilometers. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of miles already. <laughs> and considering, yeah, honestly, we think that things are far in the Philippines, but that's only because of the traffic. Because of the traffic, yeah. Exactly. In reality, you know, it, I mean, like the entire length of EDSA is what, is it 12 kilometers or something stupid like that? Yeah, it's ridiculously short. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can do laps. <laughs> my, my, my next bike yeah. is probably not going to be an electric bike. Yes. But I'm pretty sure my next, next that, new bike yeah. will be an electric bike. I would love for the market... Uh, well, I would love for the market to embrace it more. I, I do realize that there's some, some problems with it, especially locally here in the Philippines. Number one is regulation. For the longest time, you couldn't there's, register nah. an electric vehicle, which is... I'm sorry. Stupid. You still can't. Um, there are ways around it. Yeah. But they haven't changed the law because the way they rate vehicles is by uh, CC. So unless you have a law passed that says you rate a vehicle in a different metric, then. Yeah. Then, yeah, you need like power output or something. Uh, well, the original reason why they couldn't, they were saying that they couldn't register it is because you needed an engine number to put on the ORCR. But they're like, yeah, but an electric car doesn't have one engine. It technically, it has four, four. motors. Yep. Yep. Oh, but we can't fit four numbers on the, on the, on the piece of paper. So we're not going to register. I'm like, you dumb box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, it's crazy. It's crazy. We were thinking about bringing in some uh, electric scooters. Yeah. And there was no clear way to process it. Yeah. Sadly. Anyway, on that sad <laughs> note, thank you, Mark, <laughs> for joining us on Two Nine a Rider. Thank you, Gino, for sexily bringing in coffee, coffee, and mm -hmm. telling you the pussy stories. And, yes. and definitely the the, the, the pussy stories. story and. Um, Jolly for uh, bringing his turtle in. Yes, my <laughs> really, really big turtle. And yeah. and Buck uh, English man, nice job. It was Good a job. tough. Uh, no, it was a tough episode. Oh, okay. Here, <laughs> handkerchief for your nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that uh, wraps up our first Ride PH Cafe Two Nine Rider episode. Dum da da da. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Gino. Bye. Bernardo here from Tuna Rider, and I'd like to thank Podcast Network Asia for supporting our podcast. You can check them out at www.podcastnetwork.asia.